Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 62. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living magazine. If you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it's like to have a life that is full of travel while you're also still working on the road, aka being a digital nomad. Wow, it's been a while. You might not be aware, but we just recently finished a massive renovation on our home on wheels. And between that, some guest cancellations and some technical issues recording podcasts, I took a break. I think one thing I've learned in the last few years, if things are just going bad, it's okay to stop, reset, start over. So guess what? We're back. On this episode, I chat with Nancy and we get to talk about what it's like walking away from your dream job, or at least what everyone else thought was your dream job, and moving into a 16-foot Airstream and figuring out what's next. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Nancy to the show. Nancy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Now, Carlos might be joining us as well, too. Just, you know, kind of FYI, in the beginning, we might have a, a, a guest, a second guest appearance, possibly, depending on yeah. how fast we get this done. So just know that people, that all of a sudden, if some random guy starts talking... He's supposed to be here. So we have that. Nancy, where are you in the world right now? We are in Piscinus, California, on the Piscinus Ranch. Nice. And um, <laughs> would you consider yourself a full-timer, part-timer, some-timer? Full-time. Full-time. And what are you traveling in? Are you an RV or van or airplane, boat? What do you got going on over there? <laughs> we are in the Bambi 2021 16-foot Airstream. Man, so brand new, 2021. Like, yeah, she's brand new. That's unbelievable. You said how how long? We it's 16 feet. <laughs> like in in width or length? <laughs> it's 16 <laughs> length. It's almost it's, a perfect square. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, most people uh, say it's adorable. It's cute. It's cozy. Right. Right. Oh, that's funny. And so, when did well, I mean, with a 2021, I can assume that full-time RV life is kind of new to you, but I hate <laughs> making assumptions because I always put my foot in my mouth. When did you start kind of full-timing? Uh, January 2021. Nice. Okay. So just recently. That's amazing. I love having, you know, I mean, I hate the term newbie. It sounds so bad because I don't remember when someone considered me like a newbie apartment renter or newbie homeowner, really, <laughs> you know? And so I don't really like using that term, but you're you're like really fresh, which is nice. So let's go back to kind of your old life and, you know, what were you doing? Where were you living and what made you think about, you know, jumping into an RV and uh, kind of going full time in a 16 foot RV? Well, we, um, we've never RV'd. Um, we're not RVers. We are more five-star <laughs> resorts and Michelin starred restaurants. So this is brand new. We, um, we rented at, I don't even know what the, the C class, I think it is. Had a, one. Little, a bunk above the driver kind of area. Yes. Yeah, so yes. C class, yeah. We rented one when my daughter was 16. I mean, sorry, when she was 12, uh, back in 2016 and she uh, loved it. It was fun, but it was a four day trip. And then we dropped it and we we're like, oh, okay, that was cool. 
but we were clueless then too. When we look back at that, we're like, oh my gosh, we got in this thing and we thought we would drive and be able to find RV resorts. How? I have no idea. We didn't have apps. We didn't, we were just driving in it, looking for campsites. It was pretty ridiculous. Uh, we pulled over once and somebody was knocking on the door telling us to leave. Um, so we never considered RVing. My life was living in um, San Francisco. We lived in San Francisco in a beautiful neighborhood um, on Lake Street in a um, very high end neighborhood. Raised M there. She went to high school and graduated high school. And we were just kind of done with it after 10 years of being in the city. We were just over it. We were hitting that wall of it's not amusing anymore. This isn't fun. It's expensive. You know, it, it was just a lot. So when she'd graduated, we decided we would leave the city and we headed to Sausalito and we got our until we know what next condo. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was the opposite of what we were living in, in San Francisco. It was, you know, views of the Bay and Alcatraz from every window. Um, it was gorgeous. We backed up to Marin Headlands and we could hike for miles. Uh, so we got M to college and we were in this condo, just kind of looking at each other going, what next, what next? And um, I just got unhappier and unhappier. And it was lots of things happened in between then. Um, there was a lot of changes with my job. I was the executive pastry chef at Google and I did that successfully for nine years. But uh, the last few years, I was just like, what am I doing next? I don't like what I'm doing. I wasn't baking. I wasn't in the kitchen. I wasn't making anything. I was surrounded by individuals whom I had no respect for. Um, I had no trust and I had a new boss who was, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but was bullying me to a point of, um, I just felt useless and worthless. And I, so come December this past year, I was just a ball of mess. I didn't recognize myself. My friends didn't recognize me, my husband, the poor man, he was like, what is going on? And they all said the same thing. You have to quit your job. You have to get out of there. It's time. But the idea of walking away from that paycheck to me was probably the scariest thing. And I think it's what held me there. Um, I just kept thinking, oh, I can endure this. I can do this. It's too much money. I can't walk away. But in December, um, it, Carlos and I just looked at each other and said it was time. And what if we lived in that little 16 foot Airstream that we just bought? Cause we bought it thinking we would be able to go hike, you know, Corona and all of us being stuck at home, we thought this would be a way that we could travel in a new way that we had never traveled before. Um, so, you know, back in October, we had um, finally received this Airstream. We ordered it over the summer. Sorry to backtrack, but, you know, everybody was jumping in RVs. Everybody wanted to get out and travel because they weren't traveling in the traditional way. And we decided to join that group and we would order our Airstream. We ordered it and we got it in October and we just kind of got it at the perfect time because October hit and we took a couple trips and then I, me and my being miserable um, and horrible place in life by December, it was just kind of, we looked at it and we said, could we do this? Could we just live in it? And that kind of erased the, my paycheck from the situation. You know, we wouldn't need my paycheck. 
um, we could just do it on his paycheck and I would find a way to, he was working remote so I could find a way and just find my next what now. And so we jumped in full speed and just gave everything we owned away, put some things in storage that we didn't want to let go of, brought the things that we needed, which two chefs um, consists of 90% being cooking supplies in the back of a truck, which is ridiculous. Um, and we hit the road. We literally just left. Um, and this location where we are now is kind of our home base. Um, Piscinus Ranch is a very, very cool um, endeavor. Um, Sally and Matt, they own this property and they're doing all kinds of amazing things here. And it's, um, based on agrodiversity and Sally reached out to Carlos probably two years ago and he knew her from farm to table dining and ranching and they want to build a restaurant here on property. They do a lot of events here. Um, so she has asked him to be a part of that and, and build the kitchen with them. And she kind of looped me in and knowing that I have no job. So now she's asked me to project manage this kitchen. So um, I'm now doing that. I can do that from anywhere. And um, we're just going to see where this all leads next. There's a lot to unpack here. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's try to, <laughs> you really I went know. for it. I, was, I enjoyed your Ted talk. Thank you. Sorry. Um, that was good. Let's unpack. Well, next stuff. up, we're going to talk about bullying in the workplace right. and how not no, to be that person. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to touch on that. So, so first, uh, you know, as best you can, in, when you were in San Francisco and then you moved from San Francisco to the condo, what was kind of the downsize in square footage? Was it same square foot? Were you moving into something bigger, smaller? How was that transition? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That That is quite important. Our apartment in this beautiful neighborhood was uh, run by, oh, Danny DeVito played a slumlord once in a movie. <laughs> and I, imagine that. Right, right. Imagine a slumlord. <laughs> it was tiny. It should be called a one bedroom. But that is where we spent, the three of us, those very important teenage years with a teenage girl growing up in San Francisco and uh, it, it's night and day. So what people do to live in San Francisco is ridiculous. You know, we are, we work and we pay too much for too little. I mean, you're from California, so you kind of know what I mean. Well, I mean, also, too, uh, I mean, I like the history of businesses. I mean, Airbnb was started in San Francisco because you literally could blow up a bed and rent it for $500 a night. And then people start renting yes. it for like 2000 a month for just renting an aero bed in like a little makeshift closet. So, I mean, if everybody really yes. wants to know the genesis of that. Yeah, and it's it's terrible. And it's one of the reasons, you know, I mean, I think San Francisco is probably right there with, you know, Manhattan. Other than that, I don't really know. Maybe Tokyo. I don't know places that it costs so much, but I do find it that when people leave San Francisco, it because they were probably living in a pretty small confined space, that right. the transition to I live in a forty-two foot, you know, four hundred square feet is is doable because that's kind of what they're used to. Or people that are coming out of New York, same thing. But even leaving San Francisco to go to sixteen by eight, I'm going to say like you're under two hundred square feet for your mm -hmm. your new yeah. home. 
Um, what was that kind of transition like for you? I mean, you made the kind of the joke about, you know, you're bringing all this like, you know, cooking stuff, which I get, I talk to people all the time and they're downsizing things that are very important to kind of their profession, but it's still really hard to get rid of. Tell me about the downsides. How was that for you? Well, we, so we were in this tiny apartment and we were doing it and we were living the life and everybody kind of thought we were crazy and we could, we would dream about the day where we had, you know, space, a washer and dryer, a parking spot. I mean, a parking spot where you don't, I commuted two hours a day. So I would commute and I would get to the city and I would be driving around in circles looking for a parking spot with tears in my eyes, texting Carlos saying, my husband saying, you know, I can't do this. I'm just going to get out of the car and walk away from it. <laughs> so when we, we left that little apartment to go to Sausalito, it was like everything we dreamed of. It was views and you could walk outdoors and we had a beautiful kitchen and a washer and dryer and a parking spot. We had all these things. And then we acquired all these things in that very short amount of time. So when it was time to downsize again, we were kind of built for it. Our happiest times together were in that tiny, stupid apartment in San Francisco. We were very happy there. Um, we thought, you know, we wanted more and we got in that apartment and we sat there each night looking at each other and looking out the window and saying, well, what, you know, what now we're not happier. We're not, you know, we're just spending the same amount of money for more space, but we just simply weren't happier. The space didn't matter. So when we looked at this little guy, it, it just, I feel the same way. I, we're not freaking out with one another. We just really, really like each other. We're really annoying like that. And we don't tire of one another. (laughs) So it just was easy to downsize. I mean, other than the cooking equipment, I got to say, um, the ranch has been a blessing because they let us keep, uh, we unloaded a lot of stuff and keep it here in the pantry, um, in the event center. Um, but for that, you know, it really was here nor there, whether or not we were in a hundred square feet, you know, 50,000 square feet. I don't think it would matter. I think it's just more space. And I really love the fact that I don't have those, those upkeep things. I mean, you have upkeep with the, the RV, but it's just not. Oh yeah. It's not even close, even, right? Even it's just not. Yeah. I'm not worried about stuff. There's, you know, I've, I've been in a house before, you know, my daughter in my first marriage, um, we lived in Austin, Texas and we had massive home, 4,000 square foot. I had bedrooms, rooms we didn't go to. So you know, I went from that to the tiny apartment in San Francisco and then to big again and now to little again. And it's just the ebb and flow of me learning a lesson over and over again, more than once, apparently going from money to no money to tons of money to realizing I, once again, not going to make you happy <laughs> and smaller is just better quality of life. Yeah. I, I, I was, I find it odd that people, and I'm learning this more and more in this lifestyle that you know, the people that make a hundred grand a month are living off or spending 120 grand a month. Yes. I mean, literally they are. And it, and if they're making 10 grand a month, they're spending 12 grand a month. It's just yes. one of those things. Like they can't ever catch up. Cause a lot of times in order to make that kind of money, you do have to be in really expensive areas where there is that kind of competition and draw. And I get it. But ultimately, if you can remove yourself from that, which I do want to talk about, I think, you know, look, I'm, 
almost six seven. I talk about it on the show, and people hate that I talk about how tall I am all the time for some reason. Uh, that's all, <laughs> that's the only negative feedback I've ever gotten on this show. Stop talking about how tall you are, bro. It's kind of comical for me to live in an RV and be this big guy coming out. It's like a clown coming out of a car. But <laughs> what I'll say is, even in my last job, I got bullied. I mean, I literally got micromanaged and bullied to the point where I questioned myself. And I, I want to hear this from you, but for me, the things that I tried to do for sales for the company that I worked for, that they would tell me are not working, that they belittled me, they made this like almost 50-year-old man feel stupid and unimportant. I'm doing those things right now, and my business is blowing the F up. Yeah. And so it took like two years of almost feeling that way in 2018 to now seeing how things, even in and around a pandemic, are really starting to grow. I'm like kind of getting my mojo back. Uh, there was some PTSD in that environment. So I want to talk about that because it, it is a, it's not that money's a drug, but man, it's so hard for people to leave a good paying job, even when they're treated like absolute shit. And I, I love that you mentioned that. I want to talk about it. Like what, I know there's a lot of straws and then something finally broke the camel's back, but how long was this process of just, you know, being in a place that you just really didn't like and you were so unhappy. I was probably complaining solid, like to people in my life, um, solid, like for reals the last three years. Um, the last two years, if somebody asked me about my job, let's say my dentist, because everybody's like, oh, you're the really Google you work at the, I mean, my God, you run that program. Everybody asks me about it. And I then saw myself, like, that's how I saw myself. I was executive chef at Google. That's who I was. I wasn't Nancy anymore. Nobody says my name. They all, you know, everybody in my day to day called me chef, you know, it was two hours there and back. Sometimes it was who I thought I was and, and the money. And, um, people would ask me, you know, how's it going? How's the job going? And I would cry. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but no, 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 I would no. look at my doctor and I would get tears in my eyes. And I would say, I know it's time. I know it's time, but I did nothing about it. And it just got worse and worse. And it's like, you know, when they say first, you're going to get a pebble, then you're going to get a rock, then you're going to get a brick. I waited. There was the pebble. There was a brick. I got up that side the head and then my whole world collapsed. I mean, there are a lot of other things that started happening in my personal life where I, it was, there was nothing left of me. And I'm, and I know that sounds like, Oh, that sounds really super dramatic. I'm not a dramatic person like that. I'm not trying to be dramatic when I say, you know, I found myself out, out walking um, behind the condo and I was just crying and I couldn't see the light. I couldn't see how it was going to end. I didn't see how to get out of it. I had been broken down to, I, I mean, I, I was embarrassed with my husband because I felt like it was embarrassing because I felt like a failure. You know, I was embarrassed to talk to him about it because it felt embarrassing having someone treat you and tell you that you're, you're useless. <laughs> like, yeah, so and something that I had been so successful at for so many years. And then this one individual to come in and break me down like that. Yes, I was, I should have left probably sooner before he even got there. Cause I was starting to be unhappy, but it was, 
I look back now and it was the likes of something I never thought could happen to me. And when I started this journey and I put things out in the universe, I just always want to put that out to people. I, I don't want to create content that makes people envious or think they can't obtain, you know, sometimes people put things out here in the universe through podcasts or you know, Instagram and all the things. And it just makes you feel more insecure. Like you're not doing it right. Or you should be doing it. It should look a certain way. And I don't ever want to do that. Anything that I do, I want to put that energy out there. Um, positive energy, you know, this is just me, you know, we're all flawed, but no one should treat anyone like that. No one should break each other down in that way. Especially like, I mean, you're right in, in any situation you shouldn't, but like in one where you literally are going to work to be an executive pastry chef, like at Google, <laughs> like that should be a gig that you get up and you're excited about doing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's cause I know that there are, there are literally people that would kill to have that job based on just yeah. the title and the money. hundred percent. They would kill, have no idea working for someone and how it could ruin their soul. And it's so funny. I mean, this is where in some of my private conversations, I, you know, I have four adult children and I talk to them. I'm the guy that's saying, you guys don't get a full-time job. Don't do it. Yeah. Get multiple part-time jobs. I know it sounds crazy. And that's what you see in movies when someone's like not very successful. They have to go to these two different jobs to make ends meet. No, it's not. It's that when you end up with one, that's just a complete dirt bag. You can walk away instantly because it's not controlling everything. And I think once people figure out that they've got you controlled too, when they know you've got that very expensive apartment and you're here and you've kind Mm -hmm. of hit the, you know, the top shelf of your career, they've got you in a way that I don't understand why people want to get others that way, but they do. And it saddens me because, you know, both my parents were in the television industry. A lot of that's the same, you know, we, we could make it really fun and happen, but for some reason we treat each other like crap. Right. Well, when, you know, when somebody has an agenda also, um, you have to realize that they have that agenda and then you need to pivot and decide how you're going to handle it Oh, without a doubt. because I, I can't change. I'm never going to change that person, nor do I want to. Right. And if you hold fast and firm to your own beliefs and your own value, that's where you'll succeed. And when I left, it was kind of like I, I had bounced. I would literally, it was like mic drop. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what you should do in situations like that. And everybody, I went on vacation. I went on a Christmas vacation um, and was going to return, what, January 4th, that Monday. Uh, we went out in the RV to Colorado and spent the holidays with my ex-husband who had just cover, recovered from COVID and with it, barely with his life. And we all were there at Christmas and then we were traveling back and stopped in Sedona, one of my favorite places. And I looked at my husband, he looked at me and I said, it's time. And he said, yep. And I go, I'm never going back. And he said, I know you're not. And I never went back. I called HR when we returned and said, I'm, I'm, this is my resignation effective immediately. I won't be returning. I never spoke to that manager again. The only people I spoke to were my direct reports and they all, I mean, they adored me. They are, these are good humans and I was really good at my job. So I know that now and I can look back and see that. I see how successful I was for so many years and I can, you know, when you're in it, you just can't see it. Mm. 
And, you know, they all reached out to me with lots of love. And I know that, you know, I'll be missed and I know I did a good job, but when I was in it, I couldn't see that. Right. I couldn't see it. I was too afraid. And all of the people, all those higher ups, all those managers, many of them, the response I got once they heard that I had left was, oh my God, oh my God, you did it. You're so lucky. It was like, I broke out of jail and had the balls to walk away from the paycheck and go live a life worth living and enjoy my life and not be under that thumb. And they were all envious of it, which really surprised me. I'm like, I'm not doing anything special. I just had the balls to leave, (laughs) you know, (laughs) know, and I'm happier than I've ever been. What's crazy is that a lot of times in order for people to leave, it's something worse though. It's, you know, it's alcohol and drugs. It's, you know, the, they, they lose a marriage. They, you know, they, they, it, it, PTSD or whenever you're being bullied, it, it comes out in weird ways. Sometimes when you can't stand up for yourself at work, you start standing up for yourself in just really odd, weird ways in your own life. And you start ruining those relationships. So you did, you got out really lucky because most people end up with, you know, a, you know, a really terrible marriage because of it, or really strained relationships with their kids or family. And then obviously drugs and alcohol and, or they end up getting fired and, you know, then they have that on their resume because they just couldn't get it to work with, you know, these micromanagers. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's funny to me too, that I, I get where, you know, I'm having a lot of conversations with people about remote work and they're like, yeah, you know, even though, you know, things are so much better, my boss is saying that once we're all, you know, kind of all clear, we, we have to come back. And I'm like, that's a boss that wants to micromanage you. Any boss yeah. that's like saying, wow, we're getting more work done and people aren't in two hours in commute. They're not breaking down crime because they can't find a parking spot. I'm not going to make those humans come back and do that. We'll just stay working from our houses and we'll save thousands by not paying rent for some office that nobody needs. That's a big red flag. If you guys are in that situation and you're listening and your boss is saying you have to come back and it's not, let's say retail, I like get retail, but if it's something that everyone is able to do from home better and they want you to come to the office, you have a boss that's a micromanager for sure. Yeah. I mean, Carlos is seeing that right now, which is interesting. Um, but and I don't know if I just speak to it, but you know, okay, I will. I'm here. <laughs> um, he is, I mean, being an executive chef and a, a food program manager for another, um, I, I won't mention the name since he actually still works for them yeah, for do. another big company, tech company in San Francisco. And they also closed their food program down. Uh, but Carlos is able to work from home remotely. Um, they do classes remotely. Uh, so Carlos is doing classes. If we're in the airstream, he does a class from the airstream, but the, his current coworker boss got kind of wind of the fact that we're traveling and we're in the airstream. And it, it does, it matters not one bit if we are in Sedona and he's doing a cutting class or the knife sharpening class, or if we're in Hollister or Piscinus, but this guy doesn't like it. And he's trying to find ways to have Carlos be in the Bay Area and drive into the city to do a class or, you know, be present, which just makes absolutely no sense. Literally searching out ideas, you know, to make somebody's life more difficult is a huge red flag. It just shouldn't be so difficult. And why, like, I talk about it sometimes where I say, I think the greatest position that we could have in the full-time RV life is, you know, customer service over the phone. You'd be dealing with so much happier people, you know, and anytime you need customer service, you really do want to talk to someone that's happy. 
And, right. and I just feel like that's this lifestyle. There's no reason to go to a cubicle and get out on phone. You can do it from, you know, the corner of your RV and you can, you know, get all the data. As long as you have a good signal, you're fine. And you can do all that kind of work to just the idea right. of making people come in doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I mean, you do touch on something that maybe people don't realize they're remote now and they're working from home and they're thinking, well, you know, I'm working from home. I, I told my bosses at the time that I was moving to Texas. That's what I told them. And what that was really the truth. I said that before I even got the job in 2016. And I just thought I was going to RV around Texas and figure out where I wanted to buy land. And boom, I just kind of fell in love with the, the RV stuff. But they did make a comment a couple of times that my life was like I'm on vacation. And I was, yeah, I would make jokes like, well, people that live in Hawaii, is their life like they're on vacation? Just because that's where people go for vacation. I get people RV for vacation, but it doesn't necessarily mean I am. And uh, it's one of those things that stuck. There are people that just can't get their head around it. And I know people that have had remote jobs that have lost them because they went full-time RVing, even though there was no down spike in their work. There was, there was nothing different except for their boss was seen on Instagram that, <laughs> you know, every week they were in a new location or whatever. Right. It's still weird. To say. It looks too fun. Yeah, no, it does. And that's what's crazy too is I've had bosses that were like, were you kayaking today? And I was like, no, why? What's up? Oh, you posted a picture of you. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's how that works you know like sometimes i'm like oh yeah i forgot to post this picture of the week it was the week i was working for a, a social media company myself which was so bizarre where i was like you guys don't get how this works that it's not always real time right you know yeah so what are you doing now for work i know you kind of hinted that you know you're going to take some time off kind of figure out the remote thing but it sounds like you've got something just right now or are you guys going to stay there or do you think you're going to hit the road and do some some more traveling. What are kind of your travel plans and work plans together? We, well, we, Sally is just wonderful. You know, the owner of this ranch. So she, we, I am going to do the project manager. Uh, I just literally had a meeting with her um, outside of the event center and I will be doing the project managing for um, a building they're um, putting up here, which will be a a restaurant for people who work on the ranch and all of the weddings events and um, people that come here from all over the world uh, for agricultural reasons. Um, they will have a restaurant here and I'm going to do the project manager position, which I can do from anywhere. She's totally fine with that. Uh, I used the term PS PTSD with her today when I said, you know, I was getting back into it with the Google docs and, and the Google sheets and all this. And, I literally had flashbacks. It was a struggle. I think I broke a sweat when I started to get into the Google docs again, but, um, different people she's there, you know, these are wonderful people and I, I will enjoy it. And if I didn't enjoy it and I didn't enjoy the people, I just really will not do it. Um, I hope to start baking more. I do pop-ups at the local coffee shop when we're here. Um, there's a kitchen here that I can use. Um, so I could bake whenever I, I, I get the urge. I bake for the people here on the ranch and long-term goal career. I'm waiting to see what happens next. I'm open to anything. I'm trying everything and anything, and I'm just completely open to it. Uh, travel plans, Carlos and I don't spend a ton of time at the ranch, but we do use use it as here. And there's a kitchen that we can use if we want a kitchen and a break from, you know, the grill, uh, we can plug in here and get water. Um, so we come here and maybe spend 
I don't know, like maybe total in and out a week or so a month here at the ranch. Um, we were just, sometimes I get, we move so often that I do often forget where we were. We were just in Morro Bay over the weekend and we planned to head East, uh, the end of this week or next week, we're going to head out East. Um, and I think our long goal will be to hit Tennessee, which is where my parents are. And we will do the Southern route on the way out. And then we will kind of hit the go kind of more North, like hit Colorado and come back across that way. Um, when we return. So we, nice. we hope to be out on the road, maybe, uh, till through the end of April. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's fun too. When you, I mean, I look back at, you know, this lifestyle and I think I really thought you had to be traveling to live it like Monday through Friday. And I realize now that even if you have, let's say a Monday through Friday where you have to go to work, you can still live this lifestyle and be wheels up like at six Oh five on a Friday and just go right. somewhere for the weekend and then come back. Because the cool thing is if you are living in an RV while still being somewhere nine to five, you don't have to pack the RV for like your example of your little four day trip. It can be really stressful to remember everything before you leave and remember everything when you get back and then having to clean everything. But if there are people that are listening that are still stuck in that nine to five, you can find mm -hmm. a way to still live this life and then make every weekend a great adventure, which is really cool. Or those extended weekends, you know, it makes it so much easier to get out and do it. So I'm glad to hear that you're still traveling, even though you kind of, you know, you're staying in kind of the same area. You guys are moving a lot. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, right here, there's, um, pinnacles, uh, we're trying to do the bucket list, all the national parks and right down the road, 20 miles is pinnacles national park, which I've lived in California for years and years and never even heard of. <laughs> and we've been here at the ranch, you know, on and off for a couple of months and never went. We finally went a couple of weeks ago and it was just phenomenal. So there are tons of things to explore right outside your back door. I mean, for us, literally, we could take it up. You know, she's got seven acres here or 76,000 acres, 7,000 acres, 7,000 acres, I believe. So we could drive it out anywhere we want, but most people have you know, regional parks that they could explore. We've found amazing regional parks and state parks are great. Um, just, there's so many great things you could do just on the weekend. You know, we, that was our whole I plan was just to get away, just to escape. And it's just so much less stressful when you have, you've got your bed and, you know, your pillow and you've got your things already in here. So you don't have to worry about packing a suitcase and going to the airport and where am I going to park the car and paying for parking. And it's just so much easier and so much stress-free travel experiences since we started this. Yeah. And even weekend camping, you know, for the, I did, I did no RV and just like you before, you know, I went full time, but even weekend camping, there was always the dang it. We forgot the camera opener or Damon, we forgot a lighter or a wine opener, which really, that will really make your weekend rough. If you brought everything that's in cans, you don't have a can opener or, you know, you brought all this firewood, but now you're trying to go back to your boy scout days and figure out how to bang rocks together and start a fire can really, you know, and, and when you're in an RV and it's your home, you're, there's no memory. You don't have to remember to bring things. It's already there, which is great. Yeah, it's great. I love towing our home around. It does <laughs> I really do. I don't miss, we thought when we, to be honest, when we started, everybody was like, how long do you think you're going to do that? My brother was like, really? How long? How long do you guys think you can do it? 
And we never gave a time frame. We just said, I don't know, like a couple months, like we could get ahead on bills, like see how it works and financially and probably like two months. Well, two months passed right. last week. And now we're like, do you see an end? And I'm like, no, I don't see an end. Cause I don't think we've experienced and done what we've set out to do, even though we're not quite sure what we set out to do. We're just kind of living it. Um, winging it day by day. So I I just don't see where we will stop doing it, but I'm sure at some point that will happen. I keep hoping that I'll wake up and the Airstream is a little bit bigger. (laughs) It doesn't happen. Carlos said for the first solid four weeks, solid four weeks, he would wake up every day and say, I had the funniest dream. The Airstream was bigger. (laughs) Like every, he was just dreaming every night that we got the bigger Airstream. And, you know, that might happen someday. I think that having a smaller RV for anybody out there, my best friend um, and her husband bought the biggest one, the same, basically the same time we bought the smallest one and they live in Michigan. So they're not able to use it all the time. Uh, But this guy, if we had that, that big Airstream, there's no way we'd be able to do the things that we have been able to do. Carlos and I are able to boondock in some pretty awesome locations. And I think it's because we have the little rig. Um, It affords you to get into places and to get into spots that you couldn't normally get into, even in a, in the busier parks um, like Joshua tree, we were able to get this into a little spot that, you know, if we had a big rig, there wouldn't have been availability for us or we wouldn't be able to park the thing. So it's been kind of fantastic and a good starter because it's a little stressful when you're um, starting out and you know nothing about RVing or parking one or pulling one. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's stressful. So I can't imagine towing or parking or backing up one of the big guys. So this was a really good size to start out with. There's a lot to unpack here too. I want to make sure we hit these points. I think the brother asking you how long you're going to do it is just something our society that it, it's like you're doing something that's not normal and it, it really freaks people out. Yeah. And, and the fact that you have to have some sort of time frame where you'll stop doing this madness. I can tell you right now, I can almost tell you exactly what's going to happen in your life in the sense that you're going to, you're going to travel, you're going to find an area that speaks to you, Nancy, and you're going to say, okay, we need to find land and build something very small here or just full hookups. But I think the more I'm realizing that people that don't, decide to go full full time where it just kind of, you know, happens. That's what happened to me. I just wanted to go for a year. It sounded like you guys were just going to use it for like weekend getaways and then decided, mm-hmm. you know what, let's go full time is there's going to be some sort of hybrid, which will make people feel very comfortable where you say, Oh, we, you know, we built a custom 400 square foot home and 200 square feet is the kitchen. They're like, Oh, that makes sense. That's great. Good for you. We're keeping <laughs> the airstream. And then, you know, six months out of the year, we're in the Airstream. And even that'll be completely normal to them and they'll feel fine with that. And people, it, it's either they, they, they'd start doing that life and then all their family and friends get it and understand it and respect it, which is so weird. It's like, why do I have to have this house to make you understand it and feel comfortable? Um, I think the small rig is a good idea. I'm, I'm remodeling my 42 foot. And I would say there's probably... I've seen the picture. Yeah, it's coming together. But there's probably a good six feet in length that didn't need to be in this rig to still have the same square footage footprint. And even worse is a bedroom that literally only gets used to sleep in for six to eight hours a day. 
and then it's just dead space. It's that room you don't go into for the rest of the day. And and I get that they're they're being built for weekend camping, but if you are full timing and you are thinking about it, I would say look at that 30 to 36 length and figure out something you could do with the bedroom where it's an office during the day and a bedroom at night. I think most people would be stoked. And then the last thing you said, a small rig. One of my biggest pet peeves with a big rig is going to a state park and doing the loop and all the big spots are taken, but there's dozens and dozens of tiny spots available. And for some reason, the guy with the eight foot pop-up had to take the 60 foot pull through. (laughs) So here's what I always like to say to people is uh, there are some parks that have gotten really smart where it says 35 and over in regards to, you know, length, not your age. So 35 and old over, unless <laughs> there are no other spots available, which mm-hmm. makes sense because then it's just a first come first serve. But yeah, we were in one in Montana, beautiful park and it's first come first serve. Maybe of the 20 spots, 10 were taken. And of those 10, there was no one 42 feet and all 10 of those spots were the ones we could fit in. We had to leave. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer, you know, and, and it is. yeah. And I'm the odd guy too, that I like to try to get out of really popular spots on the weekends. I like to get out of there and go boondock because I know there's so many weekend campers. I don't want them to make the loop and they can't right. stop and camp for the weekend with their family. Cause me as a full timer, they can do it anytime. I happen to be there, especially holiday weekends. It's just something I've learned over the last few years that I don't stay at state parks or national parks or right. even really popular campgrounds over holiday weekends. I go and you know, stay at someone's property or go boondock just so the weekend campers have it. It's just one of those kind of yin and yangs and that kind of stuff. So just know that, that Mm -hmm. if you see that 60 foot spot and you rolled in with your 16 footer, (laughs) don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Unless all the other spots are taken, then be that guy all you want. We, the spot that we were in over the weekend at Morro Bay was literally built for, it had full hookups, but it was really meant for a tent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous, like uh, that little side, which Carlos and I are not drawn to actually many campgrounds, you know, where they're all stacked like cordwood. Like that's not our kind of, that's not our vibe. Like we like, we're doing this because we don't want to hear you, right. you know, talking next door. Like, I, you know, I mean, not to be, I, I get it. everybody that we have come across is very friendly and we love talking to people. Like we really get a kick out of the fact that nobody walks past this rig and doesn't stop. Right. A little girl yelled out to Carlos while he was cooking. Oh my God, it's tiny. It's like a mini RV. It's so cute. I love it. And she was probably like three and it was adorable. So I, yeah, I, 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 it's cute. I love talking to the people. I, I get that everybody wants to take a second glance at it and nobody really gets that we're like you full time, like in that, for real, right. <laughs> but it just, it works. And we just, we do kind of prefer the campgrounds where it's kind of like spread out and more about what we are about. You know, we're kind of about being outside and hiking and, and doing the activities. That's why it doesn't matter that it's 16 feet because we're not hanging out in here all day. Right. You know, <laughs> we're not in it. It's a good transition. Cause I like to kind of talk about exploring. So when you're not working, you're not traveling you did bring up something I want impact is that there was an area very close that one, you didn't even know about two, obviously you'd never been there. And I think people don't realize that, uh, especially when it comes to exploring that they feel they have to go to Europe. You ever run into those people where they're like, Oh, I can't wait to go to Europe. And I'm like, really? What, well, what States have you been to? Oh, I've never been outside of California. Yes. Why, why is your first jump to Europe? Like the, you've never been to Maine, like go to Maine first. Like, you know, it's that kind of a thing. It's so weird to me. 
where that's like the person's first jump. But then also just in your own backyard, you said it, it's so true. So when you guys aren't working, you're not traveling, what are just things you like to do? And are they different now because of the lifestyle? We are hikers. So we, I think the, we're big hikers. So we were avid hikers before we're still avid hikers. When do you mean like Carlos trying to find a parking spot hikers or do you mean like actual hiking, hiking before we, <laughs> we like, we are hiker hikers okay. when for Carlos's 50th birthday, which was last March, um, we were going to do the Camino, the El Camino, Santiago, 500 miles hike. And we were going to use our, our vacation time because we had all this vacation time. We we're going to take six weeks and just go hike. You start in France, you Portugal. Anyway, so COVID happened, obviously March, right? Last year. Right. So we didn't end up traveling at all. And we decided, screw it. We're still going to hike 500 miles. And we hiked every single day. And we, some days we did, and we hiked over and over again. Cause we were just like in our, in the Marin headlands. Um, the only time we really explored far was when we went to Zion and Zion changed my life. My God. Uh, and we hiked there at the very end, kind of like as a celebration, we did a little road trip real quick up and back and stayed in the cabin. That was before we had the RV, but we did 500 K, um, our 500 miles, actually miles, uh, between March 16th, I think it was and June. Wow. And we, yeah, we did the, so in our minds, we did our own little, um, Caminos and we, yeah, we consider ourselves pretty big hikers for that reason. So being on the ranch is great. I'll hike anywhere, yeah. but there, for me, it's just the best traveling to be able to hike somewhere new and explore is just the best thing that you can do. It's my mental health. It's, you know, my physical health. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> in Zion, did you do Angels Landing or the Narrows? It was closed. Oh. Angels Landing was closed when we got there. We did the Narrows, and um, we did one. I cannot think of the name of it right now. But Carlos hates heights. The man is really—he <laughs> starts sweating when he sees other people climbing, you oh, know, and oh. going up high. Yeah, don't do Angels and Landing then. <laughs> he was—I know. So he was probably happy that it was closed. Cause I definitely would have wanted to do that one, but there were some of, I, we laugh and say that anything in Utah, Utah is known for like anything that can kill you. Right. Like basically anything that you do in Utah, there's no warning. It never said. There's no beware. Call your, you know, there's it's risky. <laughs> So we, you know, everybody like on the edge of those cliffs, taking those ridiculous pictures for Instagram. I mean, Carlos almost just lost it, but, um, it, you know, it was just so amazing. And that's on our way back this spring. We're hoping to get back up that way. We're going to hit a couple of things that we missed out on and angels might be a, a hike that we have to do, or at least I have to do. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. Zion is probably the only place I've been to four times in the three and a half years because of just how drawn to it I am and how amazing it is. You'll be able to stay in the campground uh, just because of your size. So know that that's really cool if you want mm -hmm. to. And then there's tons of really cool boondocking and then Huracan, San Hollow campground. It's, if you love spaced out campground, San Hollow 
you know, which is only like a 40 minute drive. And there's a decent little hike. If you take that really small little tunnel, like it's almost a one way traffic tunnel, right as yeah. you get out of the tunnel to the left, there's a little hike that it, it gets to a really huge peak area. That's a little scary, but that's the end of the hike. You don't have, there's nowhere to go after that. So, and it's not scary going to it, but it's, it's unbelievable and beautiful area there too. So definitely go back. I want to go and just spend like a week there. But Glacier National Park is really high on our list right now. Nice. So we'll, we're making that, you know, our our destination highlight goal for the summer is to get up to Glacier and at least spend two weeks up there. Yeah. See, I wasn't a hiker before this trip. Like I didn't, you know, maybe we go to Griffith Park. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, <laughs> like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And Angel Landing was my first hike. And then that really breaks, oh, wow. you, yeah, it breaks you into the point where you're like, okay, and I didn't, I didn't calculate the amount of water I needed. Like I was that guy that like was pushing old ladies out of the way when we got down to the bottom, to the faucet, just like so get some water, like <laughs> yeah. full on, I'll admit it. I was that guy. Um, but like Maine, the bumblebee, I think it's a beehive hike. I think is what it's called. It's yes. phenomenal. Like there's so many fun, amazing things that, and, and I think you might relate to this. I think the reason I didn't do these adventures, this exploring was because I too had a really long commute. I had a really stressful mm -hmm. job. And by the time I got home, I didn't want to do anything. And I was, you know, depending on when you knew me, I was either raising four kids by myself or at least two. And it was just all of that that had to happen too. And then the weekends were yard work and cleaning. And right. it's so crazy now that I, one, I don't have the kids. Two, I don't have the commute. Um, I don't have any yard work. It takes very little to clean the rig. There's so much time in my life now that I just, I love that you were talking about the parking spot because I was the guy that gave up driving into LA because of the parking spot issue. I took a train, which took me maybe an hour more of my commute, but I knew when I got off the train station and just zipped on this quick little bus, I wouldn't be looking for parking in Culver city. Oh my God. I can't. Yeah. That brings back just like, I get hives thinking about it. Me too. I mean, it was, I, I really did. I wasn't exaggerating. I would have tears in my eyes and be texting my husband saying, I have, I have to get out of the car. You have to take it. I have been doing loops for 25 minutes. I've been in the car for two hours. I can't. And I, you certainly, cause then by that time, what it's, you know, you have dinner and then at seven, 8 PM, you're not going out for a hike, right. you know, you got to, and I had to get up at three in the morning. So when the hell was I going for a hike? You know, there was no time in the day for that because, you know, pastry people, they get up early right. and, so I, you know, and Carlos would, there was many, many years where he was, you know, fine dining. He wasn't in the corporate world. So he would get home midnight and I would try to keep my eyes open so I could see him, but I had to get up at three in the morning. So we just never saw each other. So it was just, you know, now it's like a whole new world. We see each other all the time. I mean, we're living literally our dream life. We would talk about this. Like, imagine if we spent all the time together, <laughs> like imagine if we got to travel together, it's just, you know, there's so much to see and so much to do and explore. It's just, I mean, I know I just sound super annoying, but it's just amazing. It's just an incredible gift. But think about what you just said though, too, because I don't even know if you heard it. You literally were married, never saw each other literally having a place that you were never at and, yeah. we, and you probably consider yourself successful, which is like, it, it's someone's got to say that's the definition of being not successful, you know, in, in everything where, wait, I never see my spouse and I'm never home, but I spent all my money to have this home and the person I want to be around the most, I can't. 
but yet somehow right. everyone around us thinks we're successful. And now that we live in a 16 foot RV down by the river, that <laughs> there are people that are really worried about us and they don't get that our life is so much better. Like that's what's so weird about this whole kind of conversation that I've had over and over with different people where they literally, I've had people say that it saved their marriage. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they just were going, it saved their relationship with their kids. The people that I had on that they, they took the kids out of school and got on a boat and they're sailing, you know, across the world. It, all these different things that we've been taught that we should be, you know, looking one way and forever they made fun of us. I always bring up the Chris Farley living in a van down by river. They made fun of us if you were going to try to pick that lifestyle where now it's like right. the best lifestyle for certain people. And it's so weird to me that you just, you just said that you like, it was so casual, like, you know, Hey, we never saw each other and we never really saw our house, but Hey, yay. Things were good. We knew we were going to be driving for two hours every day, one way. Um, right. So I, people, people all always just, you know, they're either happy for you or it's more like misery loves company. Right. No, no. It's yeah. Not, yeah you keep a crab in a bucket by putting another crab in the bucket. Yeah if, you, yeah. if there's one crab, he'll get out and run away. But if there's two, the other one, they just keep pulling each other back in. People always ask that. Have you ever seen on the, the most dangerous job? They never have a hole cover over the crabs because they never let each other go. They right. keep each other in that area where they're all going to die. Um, I usually like to end with uh, some high lows. I think you've obviously brought up some real lows in your old life and some real highs yeah. in the new life. Um, but since, you know, downsizing, and living in the RV, has there been a low that's hit you that you just didn't expect in this lifestyle? And you don't have to make one up, but it can't be flat tire, it can't be internet, can't be COVID. Uh, I think those are kind of my rules for that because those would always kind of pop up. But has there been a low in this lifestyle that you just didn't expect? Um, no, I I guess the <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid. <laughs> I, I guess not. my lowest my low I don't sleep well. I'm not a sleeper. And the lowest point was I just couldn't sleep. I mean, it's peaceful. The bed is comfortable. I brought our down comforter that doesn't fit, by the way. Um, we have a sideways bed and whoever sleeps on the inside would have to crawl over the other person. So I was sleeping on the outside. So the heat, we've only done this in the winter. So that we have the heat running a lot of the time. And the freaking heater is so loud and it's so annoying <laughs> every time it clicks on. That is my low point for this. I have no other complaints That's other funny. than that freaking heater. It sounds like it, it is the the ambiance in a sense because I wasn't a big have the TV on while sleeping. And because I was in such quiet areas sometimes, I had to have the TV on. Like I needed the ghetto bird flying above in the background. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. some people have like ocean, you know, I was like, I, it was like one of those ideas. I was like, I wonder if I could sell this where there's like gunshots and like helicopters and people screaming <laughs> yeah. and you can sleep now because you have that moment. Um, well, what's been a, what's been a, I can't believe this is our life kind of moment in the few months that you've been doing this. What's been something where you just were kind of like caught off guard. I think when we, the first time, the first time we went to um, the first time we went to Morro Bay and we were parked outside the ocean and I, I, I didn't know more about the first time we went. This is the second time we went this past weekend um, because we liked it so much. But it was like, wow, you know, we can just go do this like anytime we want. Like, this is ridiculous. I've had so many of those moments, though. I've been here on when we park at the ranch thinking, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> 
this is so cool. I mean, we went boondock, we were boondocking out in front, moochdocking in front of my ex-husband's house. You know, there's been so many moments where we've just been like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, this is really awesome. Mm. I mean, it's just, it really is. It just is the best. It has been so much fun. I mean, I love dragging the house behind us and knowing wherever we go is going to be home. And we have each other and we're safe and healthy. No, without it. I think too, I think it's amazing that obviously you and your ex uh, have a relationship. I mean, it's so important for the kid, you know, not to feel torn between the two. But I think if you have to spend the holidays with your ex, how great is it to be able to go out to your RV? You <laughs> it was pretty mean? great. <laughs> right. I know. Well, there's a whole nother ball wax there. Like right. I, he's got two, two toddlers and they fly me to Colorado to nanny for them when she has to work overnight shifts. So we're tight knit group. (laughs) You know what? I mean, that melts my heart. Me and my ex, we spent so many years not liking each other for no reason. I mean, these were two people that loved each other and had kids and were married. And somehow we allowed the people in our lives to make it seem like we were supposed to hate each other. And, you know, we, we fixed that over the last like six years and, you know, yeah. And it was like, what a waste of time and energy. There's so many, like, there's so many weird things about this lifestyle that you just look back and you're like, why was that society's norm? What you can't be friends with your ex. That's nuts. And it's like, wait, it's it's all that. It's like, I'm, you really, you got to write a book girl. It's, like hundred percent. I know. You know, people have been telling me I need to do a blog or a website or something, which I'm I actually am working on. I haven't started it yet, but yeah, I have a lot of interesting stories to share for sure. So Nancy, if people want to reach out to you and um, you know, just maybe ask questions about PTSD or, you know, how you're able to cut the cord and really just kind of, you know, get out of that situation, where can people find you? How can people reach out to you? Right now, you can reach out to me on Instagram. You could DM me through Instagram. Um, you know, just type in my name in Instagram. I pop up, you know, Nancy Sorgas, just pop it, it pops up. Um, nice. So I would say that's the easiest way right now. And yeah. when I have my website up and running, I will reach out to you guys and maybe you guys can throw that out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, follow her there. Just know that she is definitely going to go through a rebranding. She's got some new ideas for some things she wants to do. And then she'll you know, she'll let you know there should, you know, it's kind of easy within Instagram to change your, your uh, username and then she'll let you know the website and stuff like that, but follow her there now. Hey, real quick, I'm just going to interrupt and let you know that Nancy did change her Instagram username as part of a rebrand and you can find her at forward motion chef. Again, that's forward motion chef. And that is linked in the show notes. Okay. Back to the podcast. And, um, Nancy, I just want to really thank you for your time. And, you know, Carlos was awesome. Super quiet. Oh, Carlos, he's he's literally the opposite of quiet too, okay. which is really funny. And I know the poor guy. It is to get to civilization from the ranch to any civilization, it's thirty five minutes. I hear you. No. So, um, yeah, I was hoping that he would pull in and he'd be able to run in here and say hi. But um, maybe we can do this again. That'd be fun. And it was great being able to just you know I know we've connected on Instagram and stuff and hung out and talked there, but it was really great to be able to you know, just hang out with you and share your story. Cause I think it's a really powerful story. So, and I thank you for being really transparent and open it means a lot. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Damien. Well, another great episode. Obviously I was very thankful for how transparent and open Nancy was. I truly hope her story will help others to move on from toxic work environments, even when so much of their personal story or their self-worth is kind of wrapped into the title they have. And also just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, 
Make sure to let your friends know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag rootless living, we'll share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com at podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.